I am unashamed. What about you? So um, we get a lot of uh, listeners that send us different questions or musings. And a couple of them that came this last week, I was going to bounce off y'all. One of them was uh, from one of our listeners, Kathy. And she said, is this true? Was it at the subject line? And then she had looked like she had taken a screenshot of something that she had found somewhere. And I just kind of found it fascinating. And my answer, by the way, Kathy, is I don't know because I don't have time to check this out. But here's what here's what someone sent to her. Psalm 118 is the middle chapter of the entire Bible. Is, is, How do these people even <laughs> think of these? Ideas? I don't know. But, but it is pretty fascinating. Psalm 117. Obviously, right before 118 is the shortest chapter in the Bible. That I know is true. So I got two verses. Oh, really? Yep. Psalm 119, which is the one after, is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. That has, uh, let's see how many verses it has. It has over 100. Uh, these are facts that are only interesting. What do they actually say? Well, she, so there's a point. She's got 176 okay. verses in Psalm 119. So the shortest, longest, 118 is right in the middle. Mm-hmm. These are interesting facts. The Bible has 594 chapters before Psalm 118. Okay. It also has 594 chapters after Psalm 118. So that's why it's the mid, midway point. Midway point. So if you add up all the chapters except 118, you get a total of 1188. So, and then she, this person says Psalm 118, verse 8, because 1188, 118, oh. 8, okay. is the middle verse of the entire Bible. And so, so the point is, here's, here's what the verse says, um, which I thought was pretty good. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. That's the no, middle that's verse of the entire ten, Bible. That's top 10 most fascinating. I was fascinated. That's why I wanted to right. bounce that off of y'all. It was really interesting because most of it I can confirm. Now, one thing I will say, uh, Kathy, is that you, you have to realize there are no chapter. Somebody came along and put chapters way after. The Bible wasn't really written in chapter form. So I don't know how but, much. But to her point. But God that, still works today. He does. Hey, That's exactly I mean, right. Was it luck? Which it does fit perfectly that this verse. What was the what did the verse say again? It says, uh, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man." And you know what was I mean, interesting? Look, with our culture, with everything going on, there's wars. We're coming off this coronavirus scare, and people wondering. I mean, the news ratings are out the roof right now. Everybody's watching the news, oh, yeah. and and everybody's worried about what Biden's thinking and what Putin's thinking or what Biden's not thinking, depending <laughs> on how you're reading it. But to me, in this one moment of unashamed podcast from a viewer, it's more important for you practically every day to be worried about or worried to be wondering what God is doing. What's God thinking? What What's he doing? Yeah. Instead of man, I, I think that verse is a very good contrast. That's we a take, point. take refuge in God. What's he doing in my life? Right. What, what's he, what's the plan for me in this situation? What can I take? What What's being communicated to me by what I'm seeing in, in real time? You know, what's happening? So dad, it was That's interesting. sermon. Right it got there. me to 118 and I looked up two verses before that and I thought this was your, this is a verse for your 
your new book, Uncancel. The Lord is with me. This is 118.6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can humans do to me? That's Psalm 118, verse 6, which is pretty powerful. They can kill you, and guess what? We're in the resurrection chapter. We're, there's no they killing can't us. Kill they you. cannot cancel you, which is kind of the point of your old, in, in your book, Dad. So you remember that one, Psalm 118, 6. I read through these the other day, and uh, people who uh, research things like that, and uh, when it comes to the Word of God and the promises made there, in other words, Paul, in lieu of the in the middle of the resurrection, proving the resurrection is a reality. In other words, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, oh, I'm fixing to get in. Don't this. worry about don't worry about all that Bible stuff. Well, I would just say anybody that digs into it and shows what what the letter was right there. Yeah. At least it's about Bible verses and about things God has said. Well, correct. Like, that I, makes it worth something. It is. Look, I got I got it handed to me when we Al and I were in the school, because one of the the actual actually the dean he was always obsessed with the numbers, and I was like, "What is the guy in these numbers?" It's like I always said it, it was his favorite book in the Bible. Had well, to be the that's book where of I was going with this because he <laughs> he would like he would call me sometime when we had I. There was a couple of years of my life where I had a I was involved in a small group of people almost every night. And he would call me every night and say, "You didn't turn in your numbers." And I'm like, "I no, I didn't say this cuz I respected him and he was a pastor, but I was thinking, I'm I'm staying up all night sharing Jesus with these people." Just Who cares? Tired. Yeah, I don't uh, I, you know, my apologies for not stopping and getting a head count so you can turn in the numbers and let everybody know how many people are assembling together in our hometown. That's the way I felt the whole time. So finally, I, I in a in a very courteous, respectful way, confronted him on that. I was like, look, I think we need to spend more time with what we're talking about in groups of people instead of how many people's actually there. And he's, he, without hesitation, and said, if God didn't care about numbers, he wouldn't have named a book Numbers. <laughs> and I thought, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so <laughs> I got off that train. I was like, okay, let's see how many people's here the next yeah, time we meet. But a- <laughs> my whole point for bringing this up is that when you look at the Bible in its totality, the... The inner circles are there. And the practical application is, and there's been polls about this where or studies, where if you have like five people in your inner circle that you can share anything with, if they'll hold you accountable, or you're, you have a much more likelihood of succeeding in no matter what you do with your job, with your ventures. Which it, is why bad company... Corrupt. You don't have yeah, corrupts oops. character. Corrupts. Because who's good in character. your inner circle? So I, I mean, I it's it's crazy because y'all didn't know have any idea that I was going to get into this. I didn't know you were going to bring this up, but I wanted to do a little bit about inner circles because I do think it's important that Jesus picked an inner circle, twelve individuals, right, and even knowing that one of them would betray him which I really think is interesting, and I wanted to, but 
But and I, they, and they, in fact, lived with him. They lived with him. They but lived but with he him. chose them. That's why I think the power of small groups in a church setting is vital and a necessity. And they were all pretty different in their own way. Different. Yeah, it's, well, we're all different. That, which is I mean, you have back commercial to, fishermen, then you have tax collectors. You like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, right. You, know, you wouldn't. It, you would say, well, why did he get him? Well, that's the power of what Christ offers. He's the head of a bunch of inner circles within a bigger circle of the church. Where in the church at Corinth, they were divided. Their circles had become so autonomous yeah. that they didn't even love the other circle. And they were all believing in the same God. Or care what happened to them. Yeah, they didn't care. And they didn't care if they offended you. So there's a thin line there between all these inner circles being a dividing block or being a power source for God to move among different communities and different people as we're all striving to, to uh, you know, glorify the Father as members of the same same well, you know group. i get asked a lot <clears throat> when i'm out doing q a's and stuff and these are you know fans but a lot of times people ask me how did your family stay unified and yet go through a phenomenon of becoming well-known you're all over the country you know you're just people are treating you like you're better than you really are how did that how did you guys maintain that because they look at us on the back end of it and we're still here we all live in the same town. Jeff was gone a little bit, but he's moved back. And I always say, because we were our own inner circle. In other words, we yeah. trusted each other enough, and, and we had moments where we had to send a text and say, hey, I'm not sure about this. Have you thought about that? I mean, because that's what we were raised that way. So because Christ was at the center of everything and every who we are, we had that together, and I realize not every family has that, but I mean, I, I'll tell them. So it's really not us. It's what God did by having exactly. us be in our own Well, answer. so I had a thought. I had a thought. I'm going to run it by you all. Mm -hmm. So you remember after the Spirit, you know, we talked about last time, or I brought up that Peter's sermon about how powerful the resurrection was, and Jesus couldn't see decay, and it was impossible for him to die. He shared Jesus. They get to the point, the people, and they say, what do we do? And he's like, repent and be baptized. You'll receive forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and future generations and all the children that are way off. And so 3,000 were baptized. The Lord added to their number. They weren't joining the church. He just added them from various backgrounds and all that. And so then that next little paragraph talks about this, the working of inner circles under one head, being Jesus as the church. It says in verse 42 of Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Because you got to remember, in the beginning, God gave a clue to, to success when he says it's not good for man to be alone. There's a whole reason that he created a woman for the man and which resulted in a family, which eventually you're going to get to being part of God's forever family. I mean, right. he, he's pro-family. He invented it. Right. So everybody was filled with awe and, and wonders and miracles were being done to confirm that this was from God. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone 
as he had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes so they had these small groups which is where i was going these inner circles and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god enjoying the favor and the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved so i got to i got to thinking about this so in our society when you look at the contrast between what we have in Christ, this obviously being the ideal, how they were operating, which is what we're trying to do in our society. Nothing has changed. The same spirit is available for whoever will surrender. The same Jesus who died and was buried and raised, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. We're, we're, we're continuing exactly what's going on here. When you look at our society, what's the big contrast? Well, now the big thing is what they call the metaverse. Because what the cell phone did is it alienated everyone kind of in their own world. And it made a lot of our children socially inept. I mean, they can't have a conversation with a person. It's difficult. Yeah. To have an inner circle because they'd rather just be sitting on their phone playing a video game. So I I looked up the definition of metaverse and you know what I'm if I can find it. Uh yeah, so listen to this. Now maybe y'all can help me Al, you can help me define this or we can get one of these these uh tech heads because some of these terminology I don't even know what it means. The metaverse can be defined as a simulated digital environment that uses augmented reality, virtual reality, and blockchain, along with concepts from social media, social media, to create spaces for rich user interaction mimicking the real world. I'm, there's no joke here. I just read but the definition from the internet. And yet it's funny because it's it's so ridiculous to so, me. So in a nutshell. Hang on, Jason. Let's take a break. <laughs> so one of the fun things about doing a podcast is a lot of times the people that kind of walk alongside us and sponsors are people that share similar values and belief systems that we do. And uh, one of our sponsors that's been with us a while is, is a company called Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and they want you to be with them. And, and, and uh, let me start over. They're, they're known as America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And that's a lot different than some of the big boys, of course, that don't have the same value system that we do. They offer broad nationwide coverage. Use the same towers as the major carriers, so it's going to be great coverage. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting your right to free speech. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team provides exceptional customer service. So Patriot Mobile, they share your values, religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life. They're also really great with uh, first responders and veterans. So check them out. Go to patriotmobile.com slash phil. Or you can call 972-PATRIOT. So you get free activation with the offer code Phil. Veterans and first responders are going to save even more. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code Phil. What is that? 
<clears throat> now, you say, where am I going with this? Did you know? This is why I uh, looked this up. I was looking up for, I'm speaking Friday night at uh, one of the Celebrate Recovery places. Yeah. And I just happened to notice that the Greek word for repentance, you know what it is? Is metanoia. Which means, because meta is like self-awareness. So metanoia is you changing. So when he said in 38, repent, he said metanoia. He introduced the actual word that come out of his mouth was metanoia, which is kind of like here when we, they it's, came up, the world came up with metaverse. We're yeah. going to have a fake reality world that you can do by yourself and you can be anything you want to be in your mind and we're going to give you the pictures and the software and the buttons to make your world anything that you want it to be i just find it fascinating that the world for i mean the word for repentance is to change your world change your heart your soul your surroundings who you hang out with what you do I mean, that can't be a coincidence. All for the better in the idea of repentance, but in the idea of metaverse, not so much, which you know, I hadn't thought about, Jay, the idea of metaverse versus universe, mm-hmm. which is the idea of a singularity. In other words, the universe is that which has been created, or people would say just Big Bang is out there, but that's the idea of the singular existence that we all see, which is reality. So now you're talking about the reality of the universe versus the metaverse, which is your created reality. That's why we need a shirt on this, by the way, too. Metanoia. Yeah. Jesus yeah. changes everything for the better. Yeah. There you yeah, go. That's, or changes that's, my that's world. Why Our t-shirt guy will be listening. Just a little just a little thought and all of that. And you wonder why I've never had a computer. Ever. Ever owned one. So yesterday. I called two or three people, told them to contact. I said, up to about seven or eight. I said, we have crawfish coming. They're already cooked. It's a meal. We'll just share the crawfish with each other as we share our faith with each other. You know, Jersey Joe was there from New Jersey. New Jersey. Yep, he's he had a his guy. little wife and his son. He's there in the audience. Phyllis, her husband, the artist, they're there. She's had a little group there. Yeah. So, but it was a small group, like Jay said, under the umbrella of what brought us all together, God, and we just had a meal. So that's, and then after the meal, we talked about spiritual things, personal things, interaction, small group. They leave until this, this week. We'll, we'll do that once, twice, three times. That's what's missing in these large churches and everything. They never interact with each other. Yeah, many times that's true, especially when it's just multiple roll-throughs. Yeah. So, Jay, so well, you you've intrigued me. So, of course, the church well, was meeting, but it wasn't like a an appointed type. It was just having a meal. Right, and which is oh. the simple, simplest. Let me ask, before you go on. Let me ask them. Oh, so, I have more. So I'm just getting started. That so, was the introduction. So metanoia mm-hmm. is repentance. Yeah. So in a sense, then when Jesus came and established the kingdom, you know, which the kingdom, had, you know, was is us and understanding him, 
did he create a metaverse? Because now we're... At, but but it's real. But it's real. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that's... So well, I think that well, Zuckerberg is, is... That's what I was saying. So Zuckerberg is Johnny come lately is what I'm saying. Yeah, so what I'm saying is when somebody says, oh, are you excited about the metaverse? Your response need to you need to say no. I'm into metanoia. <laughs> That's good. They're like, what? I haven't heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'll they'll jump on that. And they're like, what? What is that? Well, then there's your opportunity to share Jesus. Yeah, so there you, you go. Need to repent. Yeah, get out yeah. of the metaverse. Get into the yeah. metanoia. But so Dan, now I want to see somebody take a picture of a guy <clears throat> in an inner city with a sign that says metanoia. Yeah, the, the end, end is near. Is near. <laughs> Yeah, Dan has told me the same thing. Jace just came up with that's those type things are going on. He yep. said he he says they have these groups and they go around and they 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 meet together via the computer. They don't do it personally, but they just meet together and they get this stuff he's talking about, and that's all they talk Virtual about. Virtual world. It, yeah. Oh yeah. It's basically, it came. They got the idea for Star Trek when they had the uh, little rooms. What were they the called? Holodex. The holodex. Yeah. They call them holodex. It's, it's in the 30s. He, well, he's in his 30s. He said, you know, it's like younger groups, 30s on down to teenagers. Well, but, well here's my point. Because you say, well, why are we doing this? Because you know what the problem is? It's it's hard to be vulnerable enough. And look, I'm going to confess my, my weaknesses and struggles. I've always kind of been a loner. I just seem... I mean, you, you famously, you know, call me Lone Wolf McQuaid, but because having relationships is bumpy. Yep. Because mm -hmm. it takes we, work. We all make mistakes. Yep. And, but I read that when I came to Christ, I thought God said it wasn't good to be alone. Right. So I'm, I'm going to need to work on this because I just soon go do my own thing and to heck with everybody else. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of was my approach because it's hard and and this came up, so this is an obscure passage, but I wanna wanted to read it. And my, my only point is, I, I got two points, I guess, that the reason the world goes to something that's fake and that you can do by yourself, it's just a form of self gratification, while you're just basically wasting time, accomplishing nothing, on your way to a hole in the ground that has no hope. <laughs> Am I, am I, is that yeah, not yeah. true? Yeah. That's what, that's what we're doing. Yep. So meanwhile, we're out full of the Holy Spirit being used by God, sharing Jesus saying, come join us to share Jesus because we're going to come back from the dead, not in a virtual world, in reality. You, you said that a while ago when you were reading first Corinthians 15, you said the reality is yep. that through the reality, resurrection, we believe this is real. This is really going to happen. Correct. And we're not going to live in some fake world for 30 years more, if you're lucky, or even 10, or however old you are. If you're young, what, 70 years, maybe, you can go live in a world that's not real by yourself and have a good time. I guarantee you it's not going to bring joy or happiness. And then at the end, you have nothing. That's right. But I think we, that's appealing because it's difficult to get along with other people. We're seeing this even in the church at Corinth. Jersey Joe brought it up yesterday, and he said when he was in uh, New Jersey, he spoke of groups like he's talking about 
Jersey Joe is a computer whiz. Yep. Oh, he's the head dog for I don't know how many things. He's, he's a 180 of you. He understands That's right. everything. Yeah, I have nothing to do with him. <laughs> His whole life is built around him. He said they got these helmets they put on, Jace. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the facial. And it's, and oh, it's, I know. They're like yeah. goggles. And it's virtual reality. It's not. That's the metaverse, Phil. That's what, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. And he said that they, they're hooked up in that. And he said you would not believe on how their mind is. Where their mind is. Exactly. Everything well, me, is a is a let me give you this example. Man and, made and, dream. Oh yeah. And, and this is all coming from what we talked about on overtime in the last podcast. So if you didn't hear the overtime, it's a good reason to. That right in the slap dab middle of First Corinthians fifteen, talking about the resurrection, because you gotta remember that's where the idea and concept of having a forever family and having forever relationships. Yep. That without the resurrection that dies. Right. But right in the middle of that, he says in verse 33, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you're old and stop sinning. Well, there's the metanoia. So mm-hmm. I didn't just make, there's the repentance yep. aspect right Plus in the middle of the said, resurrection. Some, and are some of you are ignorant of God. Of ignorant of God, which was the whole point of the letter to Corinth. They had lost connection, the relationship aspect of being sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters in, in Jesus, right. and and uh, drinkers of the Holy Spirit, which made them one in, in Christ. Right. So hey, I want to give you an example of this. On, I don't do know that. what's coming out of their helmet. Hold on, let's take a break. But, but it's not these scriptures. <laughs> yeah, say that again. I don't know what's coming out of the the helmet squares. <laughs> they put the helmet and their heads going like, and they're in there in the back of the bedroom, and their buddies are there too, and everybody's conversing with each other. But but, but it's not know, Bible. It's I, not Bible. I know these scriptures are not <laughs> yeah. in the helmet. I love your imagination so me, of the reality of the world. They're all back in the bedroom talking. All right, so let me give you an example of this. I'm thinking about doing a lesson on this. Y'all can critique what you want. I'm liking so it. In, so in John six. He, he, Jesus does something because he's showing what God is like. Yep. And so he's doing miracles and he's feeding 5,000 and everybody's loving it. And then all of a sudden in John 6, it, it gets a little crazy because he starts talking about unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can't have a part in me. Now, he was meaning that symbolically because that was going to give you forgiveness through a cross because he hadn't died yet, but he was mm-hmm. planting the seed and you're going to get uh, the, the hope of the resurrection. Well, watch what happens when he started talking about that. You can read the whole book of, uh, I mean, the whole chapter six and you'll see where he said that in verse 64. He said, yet some of you don't believe for Jesus had known from the beginning, which of them did not believe and who would betray him. And so he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the father has enabled him. From this time, this is the point I want to get in 66, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They went from metanoia and following Jesus to metaverse. I'm going to go out in the world. I'm not getting hooked up with this. You're talking talking about he's the bread of life. I mean, and all this stuff. So Jesus asked, he said, so you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And this is one of Peter's shining moments. He answered, 
well, Lord, to whom shall we go? There's nothing out there in the world that's producing what you are is basically what it was, which was a really good answer. Mm-hmm. You have the words, and this is how I'm tying it into the resurrection. You have the words of eternal life. He, he, he had made the connection that no matter what relationships you have out there, th- this is about eternal life. This is about being a family forever. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, and and because he then tells them, yes, you know, you're right. But there is a risk here, even in the church, which is what I think is happening in Corinth. Have I not chosen you, the 12, yet one of them, one of you, one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, who though one of the 12 was later to betray. So that's why I was bringing this up. There's, There's risk to relationship. But what is the reward of having relationships, of having an inner circle in Jesus? So this, this is the risk in that some are going to leave and some may betray you. I mean, you see this firsthand. So you say, well, what are the rewards? Well, here's my example for that. So by the, but when you're turning there, just the context of John 6 begins with him feeding, remember, the thousands of people with the fish and the bread. So then when he gets to that point later, he's like, you come for the food, but it's really about me being the food. You know, that's his point. And then a bunch of them fo- yeah. didn't follow him because of that. They were only thinking in the physical realm, mm-hmm. and he gave them something more. Yeah, it was great. Great. Uh, it's great that you brought that out, clarification on that. So, so in Acts, now here's another example. That was Jesus. Well, this is Saul's conversion. So we're all familiar with that. It's three times in the book of Acts, so it definitely was highlighted. Yep. And later on, he brought up that metanoia in the third conversion. That's where we get that verse that says, repent and prove your repentance by your deeds. deeds. You were once uh, darkness, but now turn from the darkness and be light. And your eyes were closed, but open. Y'all remember that? Yep. But watch this little point about inner circle here. So, So Saul goes from being perhaps the worst non-Christian ever in that his main sins were killing people who followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a relationship barrier. Going forward. It, going forward. <clears throat> yeah. To say it's risky is is uh, an understatement. Yeah, because somebody's liable to take you out in the name of Jesus at this point and could justify it, really. Or you show up at a house church and, you know, two years later and in this house church – or three people that you were responsible for the death of a family member. Yeah. That's right. a hard icebreaker. So in that in that spirit, because this is another obscure verse, in verse 26 of Acts 9, when Paul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Well, he wants to be a part of the inner circle now because he's been converted. Well, watch what happened. But they were afraid. Justifiably so. This guy's got a track record mm-hmm. of killing people who's following Jesus. And yeah, I know you may say, I mean, how many times have we done that in the faith? Yeah, it's like a plot, a ploy. Like a secret it. spy. Two, exactly. two individuals came and stayed at our house when y'all were just leaving. Y'all were young at the time. It's been 15, 20 years ago. They stayed at our house. They just showed up out of nowhere. They ate with our, ate, we fed them. We talked to them. I talked to them for about a week. They slept on the floor. When they left, 
within three days, Miss Kay was looking at the newspaper and they were caught having murdered an 80-something-year-old woman. Their landlord, yeah. They, they, they left our house after staying there with biblical instruction. It was small group. Yep. Those two, me too, a few of the brothers come by, but we tried to point them on the right path. They left our house and murdered a woman, and they were sent to prison for it. Still are, I guess. Yeah. So, and, I would and, think and that they was— they were under our roof. That's how close— Well, to my point, Phil, that's the risk— of trying to establish relationships That's right. in Jesus. When you're putting yourself out there and meeting people, there's yep. a lot of evil people in this world. Dad, for the record, that was 35 years ago. Yeah. But that was a yeah. Judas. Look, <laughs> hey, you know what you run up on? You ran up on a couple of Judas. But you remember it. Right? I remember it well. So, but let me, to give my point, so in verse 27, look, but Barnabas, oh, well, I skipped over a part. They, they were afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. They thought he was a ploy. Yeah. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with him and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So my point is, Yes, even Jesus chose Judas to show you that it is risky, it is messy when you befriend somebody, even in even in the Lord. And dangerous. And dangerous. And here you have Barnabas doing what culminated in a passage that Paul wrote in Romans fifteen seven, where it says, Accept one another then, just as Christ is, has accepted you. I mean, that's our role, and that's what happened in Corinth. The reason it all broke down is everybody got mad. Everybody got offended. You know why? Because same reason everybody's mad at each other in, in this life. We can't get along. <laughs> we focus on Tell the differences. People are evil. Dangerous things happen. And so what we come up with in our society is let's just all be by ourselves and create a world that we can get in without taking any risk. No risk to, and I just am by myself, but it's the exact opposite of what God wants us to do. They so, forgot I, that I, high technology only comes out of heaven, not over the That's a good computer. point. Hey, let's, take, <laughs> let's take a break. You know what else I like about that, Jason? <clears throat> which I hadn't thought until you read that, was that you said take, take a risk. Barnabas whose name means son of encouragement, he took a risk by standing up for Paul. I mean, well, he, he knew what they, he had seen. They could have alienated him That's as right. well. They could have said, oh, you know, you're working in with him. Yep. But he took a risk and stood up for him. And then all those missionary journeys that they went on together, talk about accountability and in inner circles, was because he stuck up for him. So the first two that launched out from Antioch to start all those churches that we're reading about, Corinth, Macedonia, all those places, Barnabas... And Paul. That's why I just I'll, like for our listeners to understand because I, uh, Al, let's face it, out there where, where the ones we're talking to, there are many, many people of many, 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 many denominations. I mean, the word denomination means division. Yeah. So we've 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 sort of come in here over the last two hundred years at least in America. 
and everyone's running in every direction, and each group has its pet little creeds and all of that. I, I would just suggest to everyone that they remember 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, because in many churches, that's not even preached. Yeah, it's very little. It's got to be about Jesus first. Yeah. Above all And else. all the time, all the ones out there, you can bet that there are people out there hearing us talk about division and all and, you know, corrupt groups, bad character, corrupt, bad company, corrupt, good character. You put all that together, all these people out there in the homeland, America, they're seeing this out every Sunday morning. They don't get along with it. The other day, even where we are, you know, one of them was arguing with the other one, you know, and over something that was... Not, not even worth arguing about at all. Right. But they come up and told me about it. One of them, you know, he got his feelings hurt. So in all the churches, this stuff is for real. And from just a few of you are to gather together all the time, not just Sunday morning. You ought to interact with one another. Just make it as small a group as you want, two, three, four, five, meet together, just so you get to know each other a little better and you're all on the same page. Well, well, and and you can't you can't malign the witness of Christ in how you treat one another inside the body of Christ. That's correct. I mean, you, we don't want to be a deterrent. We talked about why a lot of times unbelievers and and atheists or you know evolutionists don't want to follow Christ. Sometimes it's the blocking of the religious exactly. world. I mean, we become our own worst enemy. That's you know, why in your own inner circle. I mean, if a difficult situation comes up. I mean, look, I'm in quite a few all the time, like where something happens in the world and we're trying to be like Jesus. And I mean, things come up. So even, even with us, you know, having this baby that we talked about mm -hmm. that seems to have fallen from heaven, you say, well, how do you approach it? What do you do? I call a lot of people in my inner circle and I was like, what should I do in this? What that, that's the, there's a belonging in Christ that we share as brothers and sisters. One, you can hold, each other accountable just in your own life choices and potential temptations or whatever, but you're also getting advice from these people. Right. So, I mean, I just have, I just go down the list and then I, you know, you talk to, I talk to five guys who I consider successful lovers of the Lord out doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's usually the same advice from the five people. And you're like, well, how come you got to five? Because I didn't agree. But after about five, five of them, <laughs> okay, I think this is what the, the we The weight should. of the evidence yeah. was coming forth. Well, then exactly. I go in there and tell Missy, I'm like, here's what we need to do, you know. And she's like, well, I don't agree. I was like, no, this is what we need to do. Well, what are you basing it on? Five of the most... Uh, courageous spirit-led men that I know said, this is probably what I would do. Kind of figuring that's what I need to do. Yep. But if you didn't have that, well, you know. Street strands or rope are you gonna are find that stronger than two. Are yep. you going to find the answers to life in some make-believe universe that you're looking through some goggles on? <laughs> While you're getting so big, you can't get through the door because you're not even doing anything. No, you're, you're just, just stuck. looking. You're just looking in a dark room somewhere. So I wanted to get to my last. If you're keeping up, so you had the kind of the risk of the relationships when, when it comes to living a metanoia life, a repentant life, a change of direction, and a humble 
life, trying to do what God wants you to do. You kind of have the rewards because you have a belonging despite how many scripts you had. And Barnabas proved that. I mean, he wanted Saul slash Paul to feel like he belonged with everybody else, even though it, he had done atrocities. Yeah. And that was risky. Right. So, and it's always going to be risky. So I was going to give you the last example, and this is kind of the results of trusting in Jesus in all your relationships. And I kind of went through this last time, but so he, because he comes to them, you know, this is devastating to his inner circle when he said, look, I'm leaving. Now I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, but what is their response? Well, when Thomas was like, well, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. So I, I don't even think it was about that as much as he was upset about saying he's leaving. Right. Because that's what the argument is about. I mean, you wouldn't like that all of a sudden. This guy's claiming to be the son of God, and you, you've you gone all in, left everything. Which and you've seen fun. some mighty things. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's telling you he's leaving? Well, you're, what what happened? That's like your wife coming in there saying, because technically we are married to Jesus, right. saying, well, you know, I'm leaving. I've got a different, I'll, I'll come back for you. <laughs> I won't leave yeah. you alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, when somebody starts talking about like that, you, you react emotionally. and The same reaction. A, a, a lot of truth came out of it. Hang on, let's take our last breath. But then he says this in verse 16 of chapter 14. I'm going somewhere with this on the results of, of being part of Jesus' inner circle with other people. So 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Because he was saying, what is the most sad thing that can happen in life? Mm -hmm. Is an orphan right. or a widow. That's why true religion in James was described as helping widows and orphans because they are literally without any of their relationships. So he addresses that. Then he makes this, this key concept about planting the seed of, of the forever family, and that's in verse 23. Watch your book. John 14, 23. Yeah. He said, Lord, uh, in 22, do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? If anyone loves me, he will obey me. He'll trust me. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Well, what, how long that, is that home going to last hmm. when you think about the spirit indwelling you? So he gets to 15, and he makes this illustration that I'm, a, I'm the true vine, and you're the branches. Speaking of inner circle and connected right. and what we have. So then when he gets to verse five, you see this reward of being in Jesus and with other people who love Jesus. He said, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. There's your metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen there? Nothing. So that's one one reason. What what branch survives not connected to the vine? Exactly. You die. So another result of remaining in Jesus and having this inner circle in Jesus is as the in verse nine it says, As the Father's loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Well you get all the benefits of God's love, which is first Corinthians thirteen. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh no record of wrongs, trusting, protecting, persevering. Uh, what, are, what are the other ones in 
First Corinthians 13, that we said, I started naming the fruits of the Spirit, but I think it's the same concept. <laughs> right. Uh, and then verse 18, I think it goes back to the risk. Because now this is all the, from the metanoia or the metaverse. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as, it, as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So that's why I said it's two contrasts of worlds. What we have in Jesus, yes, it is risky because all relationships are risky and people reject you and people betray us and people lie to us. And But in the end, we have God's love. We have each other. We have a belonging, not, you know, even though we've screwed up. But we also have the possibility of having a forever family. What do you have in the metaverse? A complete waste of time. <laughs> Really, that alienates you from other people and that promises nothing. It, it's like a, a, you know, some something that's promised that's hollow in, inside. There's, right. there's nothing in there. And really, <clears throat> the roots of that whole concept, you remember the movie The Matrix when it first came out, which is maybe 25 years ago. I don't know when the first one came out. But the idea was is that all of the world was a metaverse because – at this point, human beings were just in a sack somewhere of fluid, and everybody was virtually living a life that wasn't real. Remember that? And then Neo, you know, the Keanu Reeves, he breaks out of the sack and, you know, finds these other people. But the concept, I think that's been around from so long, that's probably where all this stuff comes from. Is exactly. That, is it real or is it is it fake? Well, he had mentioned in 1427... He had said the benefits of being with me, and I think it's the biggest problem in our world today, is there's no peace. I mean, you think about what do we want to happen in this world, this war in Russia? Not, we want peace. Right. Well, the peace that he's leaving, he said, I'm going back to the Father. But peace I, le I leave with you, my peace I give you. The peace that comes from an experience and a lifestyle in Jesus transcends any kind of peace, even in a worldly sense. Mm -hmm. This is peace that's everlasting. Therefore, I do not give to you as the world gives. And that's why I came up with this contrast, because I got it from him. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. <laughs> yep. So what do we have in our world? Trouble and fear. And the definition of peace, free, freedom from war, stopping of war, to end war or the threat of war, freedom from public disturbance or disorder, freedom from quarrels, peace, undisturbed state of mind, peace, Absence of conflict, peace, calm, quiet, tranquility, peace of mind. I just added to it after the definition was read, rarest commodity on earth, and it can only be found in Jesus. That's where you find it, peace. This is exactly right. Yeah. 
I just happen to have that written down to finish up your little dissertation there, Jace. Well, that's why I just, it just, I was thinking along these lines, because he was just talking about what if there's no resurrection? I mean, your faith is futile. This is, you're spinning your wheels. We're all doomed. And we're, you know, and then he gets into what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. You know, we didn't really read through it, but. When in verse 21 of 15 of, of Corinthians, he said, you know, death came through a man. Well, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. That's what you get. One of the greatest benefits of being in Jesus and having a church is that we're going together. You have a belonging. You're, you're a part of something, and it won't end. Very seldom do I hear when, when people are talking about the cell phone and the Internet, I seldom hear any kind of uh, instruction about peace or definition of peace. You don't hear much about it. Is it it's not there People are attacking each other. You would think you could all come together with the little computer in front of you and come together as one, but, Jace, somewhere in that metaverse, I don't know. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, at first I made From your experience it, with the right. Internet, when you click it on, is it full of peace or is it full of war? It's just full. <laughs> it's full of, it's like anything i mean i i do like that you can get knowledge even though some of it's wrong just at a fingertip but these social interactions so-called social interactions is really just it's not that social it's just a way to put your yourself out there in a better light that's not real it's a yeah. version it's a better version of yourself because most people, they're not using it as an interaction. They're using it. They just have a microphone. Yeah. They're like, because they're like, hey, I'm fixed to go to Taco Bell. I don't care. Well, <laughs> what would I care? Th th those are the kind of posts that I thought. Or these. You stopped before you, you were on your way out the door and you said, you know what? I'm gonna gonna going to let everybody know that well, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go ahead to Taco Bell. <laughs> Or if you're on Instagram, I didn't realize you were going to do that. Instagram, the, the the endless pictures of yourself. Yeah, but you know what's weird about it? Then fourteen, if you're the right person, then fourteen hundred people like it. <laughs> that you're going to. They Taco click. Bell. They like that you're going to Taco Bell. <laughs> and if you're like somebody really famous, look, there'll be a million people. And you're asking me, why don't you have one of these devices? Nobody's asking you that. Oh, I get it. <laughs> so, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're out of time, but I, you've, you've prompted me because we're not going to get to first read this 1535. I told you I had a potential you, lesson. You did. It was a whole, and it was excellent. So, it, it, but it prompted in my mind in the overtime, I want to talk about what are the evil ones tactics against metanoia? Because it's really not uh, Zuckerberg we're fighting against. It's something yeah. like that. So yeah. we'll, t we'll, we'll talk about that in the overtime. In the next podcast, we'll get back to First Corinthians 15. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.